There comes a time in every man's life he gets tired of recording Prince Lyric's podcast episodes. <laughs> well, that hasn't happened to this man quite yet. So for this 97th episode of the Press Rewind Prince Lyrics podcast, I'm joined again by Aloy Lasanta to discuss the lyrics to Forever in My Life. Welcome back to the show, Aloy. Thank you, Jason. And what up, fam? Thanks for coming and, uh, and listening. This is like an amazing podcast, first off. Uh, so I give Jason all the props here. Uh, you know, he occasionally has me on, uh, which I'm sure is great for the listeners. But even when I'm not here, it's an amazing podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh my god, I'm so excited. I can't wait to find out what you do for episode 100. Like, oh my god, do you have something big planned? Um, I don't know. I, I'm still trying to figure out what exactly I'm going to do for the 100th episode. But we're not quite there yet. We're 97. Yeah. This is this is the end of of the first disc of Sign of the Times. Um, <laughs> it's the final track on the album. But before we get started talking about it, Aloy, uh, so, I mean, anything new with you since the last time you were on the show to cover a new position late 2020? I mean, I kind of feel like you've had something going on since then. Yeah, it was just, we were just talking about that and like, it didn't even feel like it had been six freaking months. Uh, but, <laughs> but uh, you know, obviously uh, at the tail end of the last episode, I was talking about hey, you know, I'm working on music, and, you know, I might have something to talk about soon. Well, actually, uh, one month ago today, I actually did release my debut album, and it is out there. The band, the name of the band is Strays of the World. The uh, name of the album is In My Head. Uh, if you know what I look like, my face is on the cover, so that makes it super easy to spot. Uh, but it's 12 songs, uh, 11 of them, uh, written, arranged, composed you know, produced, uh, mixed and mastered everything by me. So uh, it's quite the accomplishment, uh, I feel like, for any musician, let alone somebody who kind of just got into music about a year ago, uh, to release an album. And, you know, so far, people are really seem to be digging it. So, you know, I can't complain. I'm, I'm really enjoying that. Uh, and obviously, the Princess Friend YouTube channel just crossed 38,000 subscribers. Um, I mean, not 38, 28,000 subscribers, excuse me. Uh, I'm the wishful thinking there. Uh, but <laughs> uh, that does mean that we're getting closer and closer to 30,000 subscribers, which is, you know, ridiculous. It's uh, crazy. You know, for some, you know, dork who just overthinks Prince songs and just likes to jump on camera and talk about it. Uh, you know, I feel like that's a huge accomplishment, honestly. Uh, and... You know, I'm always just thankful for anybody who kind of comes along with uh, with me for the ride, whichever ride it is, whether it's, you know, just talking about Prince, whether it's, you know, following me to actually support me in my own music. Like, so it's just all just pretty amazing. It is. And, you know, both both projects, Prince's Friend YouTube channel and um, Strays of the World's music the album you just released they're both enormous accomplishments so i congratulate you on both of them the near nearing thirty thousand subscribers and releasing a debut album i mean even if it was just you and, and a guitar you know doing like the acoustic thing for 12 tracks that would be amazing but it's not i mean it's like a professionally produced <laughs> completely professionally produced album with like 
all sorts of instrumentation in it. It's it's really impressive. There's, I mean, I have my favorites, of course. My favorite song is probably All the Colors. I really dig that song. Of course, I got to shout out the uh, Ava Adore of cover course. for Smashing Pumpkins. I'm a huge <laughs> Pumpkins fan, as, of, as you are as well. But, you know, My Siren's a great track. I mean, there's, there's just strong tracks all around. It's an amazing album, Malloy. So congratulations again i was part of your listening party last month yes uh and i loved it enjoyed the hell out of it that was my first listen to the entire album which i guess is the, kind of the point of a listening party yeah, right? exactly <laughs> introducing well, all the songs for the first time but yeah, yeah great no thank you for that and you know i've i've really appreciated your support this whole way like you know you and uh you know a few others that have just been so supportive and encouraging uh, you know, that's the sort of thing that as, uh, not just as a musician, but any kind of creative, uh, you know, you're looking for that positive reinforcement. Sometimes that's the only thing that gets you going. So, you know, I thank you and I thank anybody who, you know, is giving uh, new music a chance. You know, as, as a host of a Prince channel, I often will get people who comment and say, you know, all I listen to is Prince and there's nothing else I ever want to listen to. And I'm like, you know, Prince didn't only listen to Prince, right? Like right. Prince listened to a lot of stuff. You you were never going to grow as a person if you limit yourself to just one experience in any part of your life. So, you know, like if you were like, I only eat Italian food and just like, oh, my God, there's so many other cultures and different experiences and tastes uh, and, you know, same goes for music, obviously. So, you know, like I said, it's it's an amazing thing just for anybody who's like, here's a new here's new music from somebody who's never, you know, who I've never heard of before. Let's try them out. Like, that's honestly a giant hurdle to get over. And I just thank everybody who, you know, again, give, gave it that first shot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it it's it's uh, a valid point. And I think that a lot of what Prince's music did or could do if you were open to it is introduce listeners of prince's music to new styles of music and new yes. types of music because he was an eclectic songwriter song creator himself he could do a funk song he could do a gospel song which is kind of what forever in my life is i mean yes. really it's very has very deep roots into gospel um and you know you've got rock and roll you've got hip-hop i mean whatever you want pop music or you know straight up soulful r&b music yeah. he had it all so if you're saying like all i listen to is prince okay but you know isn't there any kind of intrigue that you have as a listener to kind of figure out some of his influences and kind of dive back into some of the things that kind of shaped his music and his different directions that he took within his career so for me it was it's a kind of a no-brainer but i guess you know we're we're a little different sometimes <laughs> you and i when it comes well, to i mean that. and and that's true we are i mean i think the the fact that we are able to listen to different things also allows us then to come back to prince's music and be able to dissect it and be like you know oh i know prince listened to this band let me go listen to that band and then you come back to prince's music and you're like i see the influence I see where he what he got from listening to these other you know these other musicians uh, and you know because not that Prince would like you know plagiarism or anything but uh, there's a thing like you can feel a vibe and you know there's songs like Make Your Mama Happy uh, and things like that like Make Your Mama Happy was specifically a song that Prince said 
he was doing in order to uh, it was kind of like a, a shout out to Sly and a Family Stone. And mm-hmm. I was like, that's interesting. So I went and listened to the song that Prince even said. Like, I was listening to this song and it inspired me to make a song kind of like that. And I went and listened to it and I'm like, wow, like they're very similar, but not exactly the same. Uh, but it just showed again that Prince could do anything in pretty much any style. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so the the style of this song, as I kind of already mentioned, is very yes. rooted in gospel music. It's it's a ballad for the most part. If you're just going to put a blanket um, genre stamp on it, it's it's a ballad. But it has a little bit of an interesting backstory. I mean, not as interesting in terms of like um, its studio creation, like the ballad of Dorothy Parker was. But it, yeah. in, in some ways, it's similar. How it was. Uh, there was a, a studio mistake that was made by engineer her his engineer at the time, Susan Rogers, that created the interesting um, vocal technique that was used in the song. So for the most part, songs with backing vocals, which were done by Prince in the song, it's Prince in the lead vocal, Prince in the backing vocals. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times they follow the main the main vocals, the lead vocals, the backing ones do. In this case, they precede it. Which is which yeah. really provides a very unique listening experience because it's almost like you're getting um, like a preview of the main lyrics. Like he sings a little bit of what's coming up in the main lyrics and the lead lyrics because of how it was placed in front of instead of behind. And that is that was a mistake. That wasn't intentional. I guess. Really? But yeah, that was a that was a mistake. Susan Rogers admits that she had screwed up uh, placing the the backing vocals she thought she had them lined up properly uh turns out she didn't and prince heard it and instead of making her fix it he's like no i, I dig that and and this oh, is like wow. the second that's like the second time on this album where we have an instance that there was a studio mistake prince heard it and dug it and just left it instead of you know doing it over or making her fix it or whatever needed to be done like the ballad yeah. of dorothy parker is the other kind of famous example with its kind of underwater warbly sound was based off of a studio mistake and we've got another one here but it it makes wow. the studio it makes the studio an official released version of forever in my life that much more unique knowing that uh i will when i ever heard it whenever i heard it i heard that and i thought it was cool but i had no idea it wasn't just prince just being uber creative which you know he was often doing you know really kind of interesting things in the studio this one was just oops <laughs> but it, but it worked it totally works right i think it, at least in my mind it works yeah yeah oh my gosh no and honestly just i i don't think i had ever heard that story and it might have been maybe in the uh the podcast that i have still yet to listen to no actually it's not it's not they never really touched on that um, really I thought, they, I thought they would but they didn't they, they didn't touch on that at all so it's something that i read over the years um i don't remember exactly where i read it but if you google it you'll find some sort of uh, information on it but no it wasn't in the official prince podcast when they talked about this song they focused really heavily on like um the the intention of the song being more written at the time for Susanna Melvoin, who was Prince's um, fiance at the time and how he admitted that this song was about her, I guess in a 1997 interview, he, well, in his own ways, like uh, somebody had asked him what his influence or what was his inspiration for the song. And he said, Susanna, she knows. 
Um, but then again, you know, shortly after the song was recorded in August of 86, the two of them were already broken up like several months later. So he had to, re- he had to play this song live on the sign of the times tour. He had to play this song for the sign of the times movie with the no longer in a relationship with the woman that he, uh, admitted that he wrote it for. So it has to have kind of a deeper meaning. It can't just be about one thing and one thing only, or else, you know, with a lot of songs, um, if you're really focusing on that one influence and that one inspiration, and if that inspiration is no longer with you, or it's not, you know, as strong as it was when you recorded the song, then maybe the song doesn't have the same kind of meaning to the artist, uh, the same kind of importance to the artist. And yeah. this song, he had to like push through that and find a new inspiration, whether or not that was a person or as we start going through the lyrics, maybe something a little more spiritual. Um, and that's what kind of fascinates me about this song is, yeah, sure, he might have had Suzanne in mind when he was writing the lyrics. But I think there was also some more stuff going on, some more influences that we can kind of dive into a little bit more and talk about a little bit more as we go through. Um, what do you what do you think about that do you you agree that there's multiple influences on this song potentially i mean i would definitely agree with that um i also uh when i was doing my official review of the sign of the times album uh, i picked up a lot on that uh what i like to do whenever i'm listening to you know especially a prince album is i try to dissect what kind of story he's trying to tell and yeah, and when I was going through it, I remember that I was like, this song sounds like it's about a woman, and I guess it was, but also, uh, you know, it definitely sounds like it's, what's the, what's the way I could say that? Like it's a, reaffir- like a reaffirming of his, uh, his spirituality and his belief in God. So you can take the lyrics in a certain way, that he is actually singing this as more proclamation mm-hmm. of, you know, that God will be forever in my life. And, you know, when we, like you said, when we start going through the lyrics, but I definitely picked up on that, that some of the lyrics, you know, sound like they're very, you know, romantic and whatnot. And, you know, they are in, in effect. Uh, but also if you remove that aspect of it, yeah, it, it, it definitely works both ways. Mm-hmm. For sure. Right. Because on the surface, it does seem to be just very much a song about maybe uh, um, a man that's maturing in his uh, romantic intentions and his perspective on life and and identifying that maybe the way that he was living in the past might have been a little reckless or, you know, he, quote unquote, juggling hearts. So to to try to take tone that down a little bit and, and, and rein that in. Um, in order to live a fulfilling romantic life and have that connection with somebody. And it's, it, uh, it kind of comes across as somebody who's like being very reflective on the life they've lived and the life they want to live and how can they get there. And, and this finding this person who, or thing that has showed them the way in, in some respects, showed them how to live that kind of life and how to, find that maturity within his relationships. That's what it kind of comes across on the surface without diving really deep into it. 
it's <laughs> it's like it's like a growing up song like I'm, yeah yeah i definitely I, see that yeah I'm, I'm all grown up now you know and <laughs> prince prince wrote this in 86 we assume somewhere around there so then he would have been late 20s 28 ish um which you know is about the time that people start feeling like i mean i know we're both well past 28 now but uh, if I recall, at least I am. I know you are, Eloy. Too, I'm so. 21. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> right, right. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's about that time when well, I think a lot of adults start feeling like they're leaving their youthful youthfulness behind, their their youthful intentions behind. They have to start acting a little more mature uh, in whatever way, whether it's because of their career or because of their relationships. Maybe they're a parent now and they have to you know live life a little differently so it makes sense that this would be about the time the prince is looking back and reflecting a bit on his relationships and maybe some of the things that he might have done wrong or could do better and feeling like i found the person that i want to spend the rest of my life with so here's here's my song about that yep all right so let's start going through the lyrics um the the song starts off with you know the the kind of a refrain of la da 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 and we get that a couple times but then he jumps into the what i call the first verse and Here comes the time every man's life he gets tired fooling around juggling hearts in a three ring circus someday drive a body down to the ground there comes a time in every man's life when he gets tired of fooling around juggling hearts in a three-ring circus someday drive a body down to the ground i never imagined that love would rain on me and make me want to settle down okay so well right maybe off, it's true i think i do that's still part of it right <laughs> well i don't i'm gonna call that i'm gonna call that the chorus so we'll oh, yeah okay. I'm, I'm just just for the sake of breaking some of these lyrics up okay. because they because that gets repeated almost well, verbatim well and the lyrics. reason that i think i because maybe it's true i think i do is about settling down like so yeah. it's a continuation anyway it's fine we can we can stop there <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm to be argumentative. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, so even if you add that, uh, make me want to settle down. But baby, it's true. I think I do. I just want to tell you that I want it with you. So, so really, the lyrics, the the whether it's the verse and the chorus or whatever you want to call, it, they all kind of blend together. There really isn't, and that's just the structure of the song. There isn't a lot of like musical breakdowns or instrumentation. It's a very straightforward musical song, sung. In a way, you've got the the driving drum beat behind it, and it's pretty simple, simplistic in terms of its uh, instrumentation, um, and that's part of, I guess, how the different versions that we have of this song. We have the the official Sign of the Times version that we're talking about. We have the one that was released last year on the Super Deluxe Edition, the vocal run through, which mm-hmm. musically has some additional elements to it that the released version did not have and then you've got the um really cool sign of the times movie version like the 11 minute full-on gospel version when he brings everybody up to the front of the stage uh bonnie boyer testifies you know and and it's just that one is amazing i wish i had like 
like a, an audio version of that. I mean, you know, I can listen to it anytime on YouTube or um, yeah, whatever. But I just love that version so much. But I love all the versions of this song, to be quite honest with you. 100%. So there's yeah. no like incorrect version for me. But yeah, this first verse for me kind of seems to explore some more of the more romantic notions that the song represents. Uh, the imagery that I get with the juggling hearts and the three ring circus, that's kind of a nice metaphor for, you know, circus being like his life and his romantic engagements. He's calling that a little bit or comparing that to a circus. Um, and I guess when you're Prince, it kind of feels like a circus, <laughs> I guess I mean, <laughs> your, your romantic interests, um, kind of feel like that probably to him at times, uh, a lot of people vying for his attention and, yeah. Uh, you know, being a, a ladies' man in, in some respects, he was certainly open to that as well. It's not like he was shunning that aspect of his life. Uh, so, like some of the things that you see in this first verse, Aloy, what do you what do you want to point out and talk about? Um, I mean, honestly, there's a, like I said, there's a few different ways that you can take this. This could be kind of like a born again moment. Uh, you know, so there comes a time in every man's life where. You know, he's seeing all the stuff that he's doing and realizing that it's not the way to go. Uh, and, you know, settle down, yes, I mean, the term is mostly used for, you know, find yourself a good woman and settle down. Uh, but but I also feel like, you know, Prince never really had any intention of settling down. Even when he was with people, uh, he, life was still a, a, a circus. You know, so, you know, uh, he even wrote another song, and I'm trying to remember which one it was. I think it was The Lion of Judah, where, like, that whole song, much, much, much later song. But, you know, he's just like, it's actually pretty cool that even though my life is crazy, you still want to be with me, and it's great. Uh, you know, so, like, that's that's the kind of thing, like, I think Prince really kind of just realized it after the fact. He's just like, yeah, there's not going to be any getting away from it. Uh, this was also kind of around the time, though, that he was. He was doing a lot more uh, from the stories and stuff that I have read and, and heard people speak about that, you know, he was doing a lot more soul searching around this time. And, you know, the the idea that this song is, again, more directed towards, you know, God, you know, because, again, uh, there was a certain point where Prince was still kind of trying to hide a lot of the... Uh, messages in the lyrics so it wasn't until after Love Sexy that you can just be like nope he's definitely talking about God because he just said God you know before that you know you have to you know he was being a little bit clever with his with his wording and uh, with his you know phraseology to kind of give you the certain idea that he could be talking about God and religion so there's that I mean like you know until he pointed it out like I never thought the elevator was you know what you know was the devil i was like what yeah uh you know so it's like that sort of thing but that's kind of how i feel about this song is that it's a very romantic almost like a marriage song but also uh very much about him realizing that he needs to make a change in his life uh so uh, that that's that's part of what i like but also again anytime that you um anytime that he said love I mean, and that was also a thing, like, you know, he, he deciphered it on Love Sexy, where he said, love is God, God is love. And then, you know, it was basically like, oh, crap, really? Every time he says love, he could be talking about God? So, you know, for me, I immediately, you know, was going back and like, okay, let me listen to this song and let me listen to this song. So here he is in this verse saying, 
you know, I'm, you know, a crazy man and going, you know, doing a bunch of things that maybe I shouldn't be doing. And I never would have imagined that love would have rained on me. And of course, you know, it's like, oh, that's interesting. Because then that means that if you take it within that context of God is love, love is God. Uh, you know, it would mean that God basically, you know, he had a moment as a spiritual moment. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's the way I've kind of taken it. And it's making him want to reconsider. And it's, again, like, even if you do take it from a romantic spot, he's like, I'm doing all this stuff and I'm doing all this stuff. And then I feel the presence of God. And it, then it makes me want to settle down. Not that, you know, not that he's settling down with God, but, you know, it, it is, it's about, you know, having that moment and that, that kind of epiphany uh, in this verse. And it's making him want to settle down with this woman, which is great, uh, if that's, you know, if that's the life that you choose to live, obviously, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. And I like, I do like that. I never imagined that love would rain on me because it kind of feels a little bit like a callback to purple rain in some ways just using rain as a metaphor for like cleansing the, the cleansing yeah. power of of love and you know and love as you'd already talked about and already explained that oftentimes was interchangeable with with god and um so that's why it can be really interpreted multiple ways or at least for sure two um love literally or love as god and right. either way it works because if it's love the romantic kind of love uh, makes him want to settle down and it is feeling like he's trying to communicate a desire mm-hmm. to settle down and and you know kind of have that family man kind of life and do that with the person that he's singing the song about whoever that may be at the time and that's why it's a it's a universal song because even if he wasn't really quite ready for that because as we know uh he didn't ultimately marry Susanna. And they broke up and um, allegedly due to some of Prince's infidelity. So whether or not he he really wanted to, he might have in his heart wanted to. Like when he wrote the song, really felt genuine about wanting to settle down and spend yeah. his life. But it just, he just wasn't ready for it. And, um, and in some ways, you know, the whole God thing, you could say that if you take the God angle, he maybe at sometimes wasn't quite ready to fully commit to uh, to God in, in the ways that maybe he thinks God would have wanted him to, because we've got the black album that comes shortly after this. And, you know, he ultimately, he rejected that, but he recorded it and, um, yeah, it's recording love sexy. So he still wasn't maybe quite ready for God yet either fully in his well, mind. It's kind of like that thing where, you know, like, first off, you can't help somebody if they don't want to be helped, but a lot of the time for somebody to, Accept uh, that help, they kind of need to be at rock bottom. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So uh, what it what it felt like to me is that this was him uh, kind of reaching out and asking for that spiritual guidance. And uh, it almost, it's, it, you know, the way that the song is, it's, it's written like he did have that moment, but then it's almost as if it's aspirational, like, I'm writing a song about me having this moment because I really want to have this moment. Exactly. Um, yes. But it wasn't until Love Sexy that he actually did have that moment. Mm-hmm. You know. So that's you know that's I guess that's my interpretation of it though. No, mine too. Aspirational is the perfect word to use for it, and that's I didn't write aspirational down, but that's certainly what I was thinking of when I was 
trying to think of ways like this felt like a song that he like wish fulfillment almost yeah this is what i this is what i want this is what i'm going to you know in this moment when i read this song this is what i want to go for this is what i want to strive for and maybe i didn't succeed at first attempt but you know i'm still keep going at it i'm not going to give up yeah he did so uh the last thing i did want to call out with this first first or first section of lyrics is i do like another callback that i see and that's the um someday drive a body down to the ground remind me a lot of little red corvette um burn your body right to the ground you know and yeah. that's part of the lines for little red corvette and it has a very similar kind of um imagery of of how living a very i don't know lustful life or having a lot of relationships a lot of sexual encounters can really uh, burn somebody out <laughs> i mean for yeah. lack of a better term and so you know he's using you know the car metaphor in little red corvette and and he doesn't use a car metaphor here but he's still trying to uh, communicate like the same imagery or the same feeling that this is going to eventually like if you don't settle down you keep juggling hearts in this three ring circus you're going to eventually burn out by it and it and it could become it could wear on you so much that that you feel like you're uh burned out on burned out on romance burned out on relationships burned out on sex whatever it may be and that's and he kind of calls back on that same kind of uh language here in the song yeah totally and you know it's it's kind of like i don't want to be you know in the same position as little red corvette was you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but i could see too of you know saying it could drive a body down to the ground which could mean that like you know it could mean exhaustion meaning like you just you know you fall and you just can't get up uh it could be that it's making him get on his knees and possibly pray which would which is interesting that the next line would be that love rained on him you know like he you know he realizes the problem he gets down on his knees and then oh my god you know i'm feeling the presence of god here you know um and then obviously the third version would be down to the ground and you know could be also underground could be that you know if you keep doing this you're gonna die you know it could kill Mm -hmm. you you know so like there's three potential you know over this little line (laughs) that's why this podcast is awesome and (laughs) he's a great you know person and i'm sure he'd be like oh i wrote it this way but that's the thing about art it's like you know even if it you know has one intention it can be interpreted in a lot of different ways, uh, which is, again, why Prince is really fun to dissect. And also why I think he was smart enough to to not explain his songs for that reason. Because mm-hmm. he knew that other people might have different thoughts on them and different opinions on the lyrics. Right or wrong, he might think of somebody or hear somebody's opinion like, that's totally off. But you know what? I'm going to let them think that because... <laughs> it's art once it's out there it's out there yes exactly people can interpret it any way they want and if you explain it if you explain your art then that takes that kind of ability for other people to enjoy it if they interpret it a different way yeah trust me my 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 dissecting of prince's music and just delving so deep into it went a lot into the construction of my own album you know it's just like i you know i i tried to do the sequencing of the songs in a certain order that would tell a story and i had lines that connect the different songs and you know like the, my goal would be that one day there would be another jason out there that would be like i love strays of the world i'm gonna do a podcast it's gonna break down all their music and you know like that's the that's the goal obviously in life 
Sure. Yeah. That's that's an awesome goal, actually. I mean, you got to if it kind of forms the way you write your lyrics, um, then that's all for the better. I think yeah. people who want to interpret your lyrics, uh, they're going to they're going to read that. They're going to listen to it and they're going to apply whatever it is that they want to apply to it. Like even a song like um, uh, Garbage Truck. Um, right. <laughs> you know, that's that seems like it's pretty straightforward about what it's what it's referring to. But you can definitely apply that to your own life. Like, OK, these are things that, you know, I can do or I'm already doing to support the person in my life that I love. Well, and that doesn't even have to be another human being. It could be anything, really. Right. Oh, even see? though you look at you already, <laughs> already <laughs> so, doing it, already doing it, <laughs> already doing it. Yep. Yep. Okay, so uh, after that first section of lyrics, then we get kind of the chorus, and I only call it the chorus because it's repeated later. Baby, it's true. I think I do. And I just want to tell you that I want to with you. Oh, and baby, if you do too. Oh, forever. Forever. Baby, I want you. Forever. I want to The baby, it's true. I think I do, and I just want to tell you that I want it with you. And baby, if you do too, forever, forever. Baby, I want you forever. I want to keep you for the rest of my life. All that is wrong in my world, you can make it right. You are my savior. You are my light. Wherever I want you in my life. And uh, before we start dissecting that section of lyrics that this is where you do start getting the um the vocal back the background vocals that precede the the main right. vocals the lead vocals it starts here in this section of the song i'm still so I'm amazed not gonna that say. that was a mistake i'm still amazed because <laughs> honestly it brings the song freaking to life to have the, the oh my god like that's blows my mind seriously i really did not know that <laughs> it's really cool it's really cool I, I i love the way it does that because it's just so unusual it's not something you hear no uh, oh my god not in 1987 well, not in 2021 yeah and, and 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 literally i get called out people think i think i know it all but seriously i will totally say if i don't know something <laughs> like, yeah, like i that. completely did not know that um, but you're nobody, right. Nobody likes to know it all anyway. Always. Yeah, nobody <laughs> likes to know I don't even like a know it all. Even though I do, I mean, I know a lot. But I don't, seriously, I really don't know it all. But saying uh, you know a lot is not the same as saying I know everything. Exactly. Um, but no, but this, but this, the, the first chorus is the one that really kind of did start cementing in the idea that this is a song about God or specifically Jesus. It, if and if we look back up to this point in his in his you know career, there was only one other song where he kind of talked about you know um, you know Jesus and he was kind of taking on the persona of Jesus in "I Would Die for You," where he's like, "I'm your Messiah," you know, like it's it's pretty cool. So in this case, he's saying, "You are my savior, you are my light," and you know, yeah, you could say that about a, a, a you know woman and a romantic interest. Uh, but knowing the type of person that Prince was, more than likely, the only person who was going to be his savior 
would be Jesus, which then kind of gives, again, the, the, the song a, a completely different kind of feel uh, if you take it within that context. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And I'm going to shout out Erica Thompson because she covered Ooh. Forever in My Life. Yeah, she's great. Uh, also a guest on my show often. And, Love Erica. Um, yeah, she often touches on songs that deal with Prince's spirituality and how uh, spirituality and romantic connections, they're often intermingled, love and lust, things like that. The, yeah. the, the juggling of the two that Prince often did. But in her Prince Twitter thread on Forever in My Life, that was part of last year's Sign of the Times collection on Twitter. So I'll, I'll put a link to that so anybody wants to check out what Erica did for this song. Uh, this was like right up her alley for the same reasons that we're talking about it now, having this spiritual connection in the song that is seemingly on the surface about romance and about love. And she makes that connection again with saviors, how like a lot of times Prince would use women kind of in as a metaphor for, um, Jesus, like to, to say like, you're my savior and you're thinking, okay, so he's talking about a woman. If he's talking about a woman, that woman's going to be a savior. Okay. That's putting a lot on her. You know, that's, that's, <laughs> that's asking a lot of a human being to be your savior. Right. I mean, that's yeah. a lot of pressure. And while maybe being his savior, just by being themselves and just by existing, being a part of their life is all he's asking for. But at the same time, you, you can't help but think about those connections between, uh, human being savior and more spiritual and religious savior which of course would be god and jesus so she makes that connection in her prince twitter thread and how like the concept that the women's represent women represent a more holy union between man and woman there's something more to it than just you know a a marriage certificate you know the, the union between man and woman a lot of times in prince's ideal world had larger implications like it was almost like like it saves him it saves him from what yeah. i'm not sure saves him from self-destructive behavior uh saves yeah, him i was gonna just, say that's what it sounds like because it does yeah. yeah if we if we take the if we take the religious acts aspect out of it and we say this is not a song towards jesus um and we say that he is calling this woman his savior that's it's it makes it a honestly to me. It makes it a lot less of a romantic song, uh, in my opinion, because then at that point he's literally saying, "I need you to save me from myself," thus kind of relinquishing any personal responsibility that he might have to fix himself. Uh, so, <laughs> um, so he might just be like, "I need you to be here, and I want to keep you here because if you're here, then I won't be that person that I'm trying to get away from." And so it could be that it's it's almost like um, uh, akin to Big Tall Wall, which was you know written around the same time, which was you know uh, him and Susanna were having. I've heard you know I read the stories in the deluxe edition of Sign of the Times. You know they were having their issues, and he wrote a song called Big Tall Wall, which was I'm going to build a wall around us so that we can just be f- together forever and you can't leave. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like wow, like, that's not very romantic either, Prince. Uh, you know, so, <laughs> you know, especially if you combine the two songs, it's like, you have to stay with me, so I'm going to build a wall around. It's like, ooh, wow. Uh, 
I guess that kind of shows a little bit of the dysfunction possibly in their relationship. Um, But that's, but again, like if it's him asking, you know, God for, you know, a direction and then he's going to make the choice to now settle down, that's different than, uh, you know, you're, you're with me and, you know, stay here. Otherwise I'm going to be bad again. Uh, And it, it really, it, those are the two interpretations that I have at this at this moment, you know, so. Yeah, I want to keep you for the rest of my life. That's he says that right here in this song. I want to right. keep you for the rest of my life. Why? Because all that's wrong in my world, you make right. So anything negative, it's you know he's putting like this really intense amount of. I say pressure, but whether it is or not, I don't. If the person feels pressure, if they just feel flattered, I'm not sure. But all that's wrong in my world, you can make right. You're my savior. You are my light. Yeah. Now that that line taken out of context, you just throw that line out there. You're my savior. You're my light. That could be like in any kind of um, hymn book, you know, singing a song about yeah. God or Jesus in church. You know, that's that that line could be lifted directly out of yeah, you know, a, a religious hymn and saying, "You're my savior. You're my light." Well, and that's the right. thing too is it is it's not you know, stay with me, baby, because I love you. It's I'm gonna keep you here. <laughs> you know? I, I need you to be here to ground me and I need right you to be exactly here to, and, to, and again to make if, me a good person to, if it's to another person then I agree that it's that pressure that you're talking about if it's to God then it, that makes it a, a that makes it a better song honestly <laughs> well yeah because that's what that's what we do that's what people who go to church do they they I, they testify in a way where they're saying that they're going to give up their life to Jesus or God and and God, and they're going to, uh, you know, um, let the light in, I guess, um, yeah, let yeah, Jesus' yeah. light in. <laughs> and that's what they, that's what you're kind of doing in, not just in church. I mean, obviously you're not just supposed to be doing that for an hour every Sunday, but you're supposed to be living your life this way. And so what you're doing then and in, in that, in those moments is kind of reaffirming that, uh, and reminding yourself of what it is that you're supposed to be doing in your day-to-day in order to make sure that you are allowing God's light into your life. Right. Uh, but the the really kind of, let's flat, let's flash forward 10 years, okay? <laughs> let's flash forward 10 years. We've got the Emancipation album. Uh, remember, there's a song on Emancipation called Savior. Yeah. And so there, this song, Savior, has a lot of parallels to Forever in My Life lyrically. Uh, I mean, not like, oh, my God, it's like he just basically plagiarized his own song. No, (laughs) that's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is the song is uh, seemingly about two things again. You could apply this. Okay, this is clearly a song about Maite. Yeah. Okay, sure. It's about Maite. Uh, This is about the time that he was either proposing or was about to propose to her or no, wait. Well, it depends on when it was written, whether or not he had already, they've already been married or not. But anyway, it's about that time. I mean, where they're deeply in a relationship. Lines like, you're my savior. You're all I ever need. That's in the chorus. Yeah. When I look in your eyes, I can see paradise. We're like two branches from the same tree. So he's essentially kind of reiterating the same sentiment in savior that he is in forever in my life, where you could apply it to his relationship and talking about how now, you know, that. Didn't work out with Susanna. <laughs> Clearly didn't work out for, you know, he didn't stay with her forever in his life. But now he's got this new savior 
<laughs> and so whether or not it's about a new woman, in this case, yeah. Maite, or it's just, again, reaffirming his dedication to Jesus Christ and God, mm-hmm. it works both ways again. Like, you know what? You're still my savior, God. Uh, yeah, I might have veered off the path a few times between 1986 and 1996, but I'm here to say you're you're my savior. You're you're what I need in my life. Yes. Um, and so those two songs to me are very have very similar sentiments where they can have that dual meaning. And when I get to savior, God knows how long it'll take me to get to savior, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> when I do, I'll be like, okay, remember that episode I did on Forever in My Life with Aloy back in 2021? <laughs> yeah, we kind of touched on that already. Bring it's me back on sim- for savior. Whenever you get there, bring me back on and we'll, we'll talk there about it. There we go. There we go. <laughs> I love down. that song too. Every man's journey comes a road. Every man's journey So the next verse is, There comes a road in every man's journey, a road that he's afraid to walk on his own. I'm at that road. I'm here to tell you that I'm at that road, and I'd rather walk it with you than walk it alone. You are my hero. You are my future. When I am with you, I have no past. Oh, baby, my one and only desire is to find some way in this doggone world to make this feeling last. And then, of course, then he'll move into the... You know, it's true. You know, I do. I, I just want to tell you that I won't do. So then, yeah. So then we start getting back into like the same lyrics that we just dissected. But what I just read is brand new lyrics to the song. So yes. When I think of this this verse now, when I listen to it, I hear it, I read it. This the connections between love and spirituality, love and uh, his religious journey that he's taking are much clearer here. Just the just the language that he uses, the metaphors that he's using, that he's on a road, you know, this is his journey. Mm-hmm. He's got this he's got this path that he needs to take, but he's afraid to walk on it by himself. Uh I, I don't know, just for me, I get a lot of like the same like we need you need Christ in your life to to help you get through the rough patches. Right. Uh, He's the one who's going to guide you when things get difficult. Uh, you're not sure w- which way to go. Let Jesus guide you. You know, those are kind of the same platitudes. Yeah. and kind of the same things that we've been told. Anybody who's ever gone to church or had Sunday school or whatever it is that you've experienced in your life, you, you kind of get that same message. You've heard that message before. And yeah. here it is in this song. Uh, especially in these li- in these lines, yeah, of course it can be applied to a woman as well. He wants to journey down this road of life with another person next to him. Uh, that's going to it's going to guide him. It's going he, that person is going to walk with him on this path, on these paths that he has to take throughout his life. So yeah, it still applies. It's still a very dual meaning song, but I don't know. I just get this this first opens it even wider to me as being also the spiritual connection that 
What are, Most what definitely. Are Honestly, it doesn't. It doesn't really even feel like it's talking about a person anymore until you get back to the baby. You're my one and only desire. Like all the rest of that is, you know, I'm going through my life and I've realized that I can't do it alone, uh, and I need God to show me the way. You're my hero. You're my future. When I'm with you, I have no past. Like the when I'm with you, I have no past is a big one too because. Like that's what it is. It's you know when you're when you're born again, or when you know you reclaim you know when you claim God is you know that's your one, and like you devote your life to God. Then at that point, nothing you've done up to that point matters. You've been forgiven for all your wrongdoings, and now your life is devoted to God. You know, so like a lot of that really, and honestly, the I'd rather walk it with you, walk it alone, just reminds me of that that poster or, or the the saying or whatever of the you know there's uh footprints in the sand walking mm -hmm. next to you you know that sort of thing <laughs> yeah you know yeah. I, I think about that sort of so i mean honestly really like a lot of that second verse leans very heavily on it could be about his religious experience and then it gets you know baby you're my one and only desire and it's just like okay well I, you know i guess maybe we're talking about you know a girl now you know so, <laughs> um, <laughs> right you know but also i mean you could also say you know you're my one and only desire and i want to find some way to make this feeling last and again you know if this person is you know god told you that this person is the one that you're supposed to walk that road with uh you know if we if we take first the first one which is you know i got down on my knees and god said I need to settle down and you're the one so now if i don't settle down <laughs> there's there's problems so i need to settle down and you're the one and i'm going to make this you know this feeling last now by you know obviously keeping you forever in my life <laughs> it's very sinister sounding <laughs> I, I had to because that's kind of how it comes off if you if you use that interpretation of it again it just yeah. makes it a lot less romantic <laughs> I'm gonna keep you forever in my life. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get that. Um, it's kind of fun, you know. We're just we're just goofing around, but yeah, it's with the lines like "You're my hero," "You're my future." When I'm with you, I have no past. That kind of gives me like born again vibes. Yeah, um, like almost like a baptism of sorts, where you know, and it, it. I guess the concept is like if you're born again your past is your past we're not gonna we're not worried about the sins that you committed in your past or how you lived your life in your past if you're dedicating your life from this move moment forward uh you don't have a past anymore it's irrelevant you're my future jesus you're my future god you're my future this is the, how i'm going to live my life now and that's that's a lot of what i get when i listen to those way more so than i'm thinking like you said the romantic aspects of it until we get to the baby you're my one and only desire and and, and you know because you just don't normally use desire when you're ex you know expressing a dedication to christ you know it's not i desire christ no, you, know, sure, you, sure. you don't really say that too often so that's why it again it works both ways and it had to be intentional and to mix these kind of metaphors and mix the language in the song to okay i'm gonna make i'm gonna use this line i'm gonna use this word that's going to give that you know really has the um strong religious imagery but then i'm going to say desire oh and another uh, perfect way of how 
the love and lust, uh, the sex and spirituality intermingled in this song is how it was performed on the Sign of the Times movie. Right. If you if you remember, he sings this song very like, uh, very with a very gospel uh, tinge to it, and bringing like I said, Bonnie out there to do her thing, and just having everybody on stage on front and center with him. The way he performs it, it's just it ha- gives off that vibe. But then he starts uh, intermingling lyrics with it. Into yes, it. exactly. And what is it about? It's not about God, <laughs> as far as I can tell. <laughs> um, that 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 song is very straightforwardly about sex. I want to do it. Eh, there's there's that connection again. It's like he he wants to have that relationship with somebody that is rooted in spirituality, but you know, he also wants to fuck him too. <laughs> he wants to have sex with you. Yeah. Uh, and that's just the, it's just the way that's just the way it is with him. And that's the way it's a lot of his songs are like that. Mm-hmm. And he expressed that very clearly and very well too. the way, the way it was, the way those two songs are mixed together on the side of the times movie is perfectly done. You know, it doesn't even feel like it's two different songs. It just yeah, feels it honestly like, felt but, like it was the same song. Yeah, it, was, it does. But, you know, when you start breaking down the lyrics to it, which I already did in a previous episode, you don't get a lot of the same, you know, you're not thinking the same way about that song as we're thinking about and speaking about forever in my life. It's not the same song uh, in that respect, but the, the intention is the same. Like, I love you so much. I want to be with you. You're my guide and light. You know, you're my savior, but I also want to sleep with you. And I think that you're very sexy. And I think that, you know, when we have sex, it's a very, it's a very, uh, I get a very spiritual connection with you too, not just with Jesus, but with the person that I'm with, you know, that, that woman in my life, sex brings me closer to God. Um, so that's, not to paraphrase the Nine Inch Nails song, but I just kind of did. Yeah, but I, I just made, I just thought of that, like when we're talking about how talking in one line, I'm, you're my future, you're my hero, but you're also my one and only desire, and it's right. just, it's the same, same thing we're talking about here, love and lust, and then spirituality thrown in, sprinkle of that for good measure. Uh, I just also the whole doggone world make this feeling last. I mean, I think he says woo doggy at the beginning of um, playing the sunshine. So he just likes throwing that word around in this yeah. era. <laughs> just kind of a little corny, but fun at the same time. Um, anything else that you wanted to talk about here with this verse? Uh, I can't think. I mean, honestly, we, I think we hit that verse really hard. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we did. We did. Just I mean, want to make sure pretty, you had a chance to. It's pretty much there, you know. Okay, I agree. I agree. Just in case you had any other thoughts, I wanted to give you a chance to express them. But yeah, I agree. We we pretty you much. So. You were a gentleman and a scholar. <laughs> well, I don't know about the scholar part. But I tried. <laughs> I try to be a gentleman, when I, especially when I have guests so gracious enough to be out of my show. Oh. Okay. Well. Then after that line, we, or those lyrics, we don't get too many more new lyrics because then he just rolls right into the the same chorus, baby, it's true. I know I do. I just want to tell you that I want it with you, baby, if you do too, forever, forever. I want you, baby, forever. I want to keep you for the rest of my life. All that's wrong in my world, you can make it right. You're my savior. You're my light. Forever I want you in my life. 
and we get some more la da 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 da. And then as the song closes out, mm-hmm. we do get him finally saying the actual title of the song for the first time. Because before he's saying, I want you forever in my life, or forever I want you in my life. Right. Uh, extra, extra words in there. But then he just truncates that down to forever in my life, which is the title of the song. And he sings that over the outro of the song, which is cool because then we start getting a little bit of that acoustic guitar that wasn't really present in the song up to this point. Yeah. And it almost feels like it's fading out at a moment where it should be, you know, kind of going in a different direction and we're going to get the second half of the song, but we don't get that until we finally got the uh, vocal run through version last year. And then that version gave us kind of like what we've been feeling like we've been missing for the last uh, 33 years is that extra guitar work and the extra uh, instrumentation that happens in the second half of the song and the vocal run through version. Yeah. Well, and, and I guess, I I guess I I should probably, uh, well, first off, yes, I really dug hearing the version of the song with the guitar the whole time. I thought that that was actually really cool to hear, even though, uh, cause I mean, cause that on the album version, we only hear that at the end. And -hmm. I've always been like, whoa that's really cool like i wish i could hear that more and then when i finally did hear it i'm like i understand why he just kept it at the end as more of an accent because it it did become a little uh overpowering to the song itself uh Mm -hmm. because you know you started paying attention a lot to like the guitar and stuff and not necessarily to the message of the song that was you know being presented uh you know otherwise you're just like wow that guitar is really good instead of wow that's a beautiful song you know what i mean yeah uh so so i so i get why because you know it it just carries a completely different tone uh but since i'm not going to be on any other songs here for sign of the times uh i just kind of wanted to give your audience you know my interpretation of the sign of the times album as a whole because honestly for me forever in my life is I, I feel like exactly a, it's like exactly the song that should end the first disc of Sign of the Times because you know if you go through the songs and, and and again I'm a huge sucker for like sequencing and like what story is this telling um, you know a lot of it is about searching for love that's what this album is you know uh, so if you go through it it's Sign of the Times is you know the world's about to come to an end playing the sunshine so we have to have fun house quake you know it's more an extension of the fun ballad of dorothy parker's like cool like i'm kind of searching for something i don't exactly know what it is you know obviously it is so i'm gonna you know i'm gonna have sex along the way obviously Mm -hmm. um (laughs) starfish and coffee is like you know you're meeting these really interesting people and you know it's uh, it's it's more kind of about how we're all different and, you know, there's lots of different types of people. Uh, but also, then it kind of goes into slow love. So I think for me, uh, Ballad of Dorothy Parker is where it starts. So Ballad of Dorothy Parker is, you know, I'm with somebody, but I'm also, like, seeing a prostitute. This was actually something that um, somebody pointed out to me, again, just the other day, that I had never really taken into account, is that... Uh, Dorothy Parker in the song is a prostitute and I was like wait a minute what and it's just like yeah because she works um 
what is it? Oh God! What now? What's the line? I didn't have it right well, in front of me. She worked she the worked, night shift. Yeah. She works the night shift at the promenade, and like in my brain, it's like, oh, cool. The promenade must just must be the name of the, you know, the restaurant or whatever. But no, it's like, you know, it's like the boardwalk. It's like where like there's a bunch of like prostitutes waiting to take somebody home, and I was like, wow, like that's so weird that I never you know picked that up. Um, but you know, essentially, you know, he's you know, experimenting with that sort of thing and, you know, he's not happy in his current relationship and then it is, you know, obviously um it it's an interesting song, I will say, because uh yes, it's like I wanna do it baby all the time and you know, it's great. Uh but there's also there's like some desperation in there. It's like I I wanna do it, but like I don't have anybody to do it with. I'm thinking about you and I wanna do it. Why aren't you here? So that I can do it. Uh, so, um, <laughs> he does you know, sound desperate it, in that song. Yeah, it does, right? And even even slow love. Like if you go over to slow love, um, slow love is like I could do slow love to you, but you know you're running around with a race car driver. So he's still alone in that song. He's more. It's more kind of thinking about what he wants to do, not what he's actually doing. Hot thing again. Like I see somebody else and. You know, there you go. And honestly, the whole first disc is that three ring circus that, you know, forever in my life. He's like, uh, I'm actually ready now to accept the next person who is going to really change my life. And that's why the next song, the first song on the second disc is you got the look. I see you. You know what I mean? I see that person now and I'm going to pursue them. Uh, And then if I was your girlfriend, obviously means that there's some rocks strange relationship it's even more dysfunctional uh can never take the place of your man like all of those are like it's not happening and then i can never take the place of your man is saying like you know what i really don't need another person to be with me and then that's why the next song would be the cross and that's where he really does say okay you know i thought that it was going to be a person you know a woman that was going to bring me there but it's not so i'm just going to just turn to religion now and that's why it's going to be a beautiful night right after that. And it's wonderful. But then, of course, it ends with a door, which means he's kind of back to it in the end. You know, it's like, <laughs> you know, right. he, he, he makes the decision that he doesn't need somebody. So it's going to be wonderful. And then he's already now on the phone, you know, macking on somebody else. So it, it the whole the whole album as a whole is, you know, kind of about uh, trying to find somebody to complete you but not necessarily finding that person, turning to God, but even that, even that's not doing it for you entirely. You know what I mean? So this, this whole album is very much kind of just a search for Prince is how I felt and in the way, in the story that is being told here. Yeah, kind of like the trials and tribulations of Prince's search for love and God. <laughs> it's kind of like what Sign of the Times is as an Pretty album. much. And if you remove the Black album, then, you know, if you put Love Sexy as the next real album right after that, then it makes sense because then he finally did find God uh, in, you know, within the story of the songs being presented, you know, in the way, you know, and all that stuff. So, yep. Well, thank you for sharing your thoughts on Sign of the Times as a whole, Aloy. Where can people find your show and your music well obviously the show is prince's friend uh you can go to uh youtube and type in prince's friend uh and you'll be able to find we have uh, over 600 videos we've we've been we've been at it for a while we've been at it for over five years now 
So, <laughs> um, so there's lots and lots of stuff you can find there. We're obviously also on Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff. Just type in Prince's Friend anywhere. Uh, when I started the channel, uh, the SEO was not very good. You know, because Prince's friend, you know, they were interviewing everybody who knew Prince and they would just introduce everybody as Prince's friend. So nobody could find me because, you know, be like an interview with Sheila E., Prince's friend, an interview with this person, Prince's friend. And I'd be like, oh, God, nobody's going to be able to find me. But now if you type in Prince's friend into Google, you'll find me. Like, it's pretty interesting. Oh, yeah. You yeah, know, it's been sure. a while. So but in the beginning, I was like, maybe I should pick a different name. Um, <laughs> and then obviously... My music, uh, the name of the project is Strays of the World, and the the debut album that we have out is In My Head, so feel free to go pick that up if you kind of want to know what it's like to be in Eloy's uh, noggin, uh, and sometimes it's happy, sometimes it's not. Uh, so it, 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 it runs the gamut of emotions. I also try to play around with some different styles on there. And, you know, I again, for 11 of the 12 songs, I play all the instruments. I sing all, all of it. And, you know, it's pretty much me. It was an exploration of music for myself. So the first album is, you know, I'm kind of giving a, a piece of myself to the listener. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's a great album. Stream it if you have Spotify. That's how I listen to it. I also have the CD. Uh, so there's physical copies you can guys you guys can buy from Aloy. And, uh, mm-hmm. They could find that on where can the where can people buy the CD, Aloy? Uh, to buy the CD, you can go to either Bandcamp, uh, Strays of the World um, dot Bandcamp dot com, or you can go to Strays of the World Music dot com. Gotcha. Uh, that's the that's the official site. Okay, I will definitely link that in the description for this episode. Very nice. All right, well, we have covered forever in my life. This has been the Presser Wine Prince Dirk's podcast. I've been your host, Jason Brenniger. Wanted to thank Aloy Lasanta again for joining me. Uh, six months doesn't always seem like very quickly, but we still we just pick right up where we left off. And I've been on I was on your show for a, an episode of the prince's friend off last spring and that was super fun i really enjoyed that so thanks for having me thanks for having me on the show that time Aloy. not a problem that was a lot of fun for me too yeah those are great episodes a lot of fun overall uh you can find the show press rewind pod facebook instagram twitter also youtube now i'm putting um back episodes on youtube with the music scrubbed out because uh that gets flagged and removed right away if i try to leave yep. clips of the music in the episodes so if you just want to listen to us yammer on about Prince songs, go to the YouTube channel. <laughs> I also try to throw on some interesting uh, Prince songs that I come across that maybe not everybody has. So check it out if you if you get a chance. And until next time, thank you very much and goodbye. Da, 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 da.